Shabbat Shalom. We're listening to the podcast from last night's radio's live radio of Mark Levin because there's so many evil commercials on the conservative radio station that we cannot listen to it on the radio anymore. They are trying to drive us from the air by playing their evil left-wing commercials. Therefore, we had to turn it off, and now we have to listen to podcasts. Parashah 18. These are the rulings you are to present to them. If you purchase a Hebrew slave, he's to work six years. But in the seventh, he's to be given his freedom without having to pay anything. If he came single, he is to leave single. If he was married when he came, his wife is to go with him when he leaves. But if his master gave him a wife and she bore him sons or daughters, then the wife and her children will belong to her master, and he will leave by himself. Nevertheless, if the slave declares, I love my master, my wife, my children, so I don't want to go free, then his master is to bring him before God. And there at the door or doorpost, his master is to pierce his ear with an awl, and the man will be his slave for life. If a man sells his daughter as a slave, she's not to go free like the men slaves. If her master married her but decides she no longer pleases him, then he is to allow her to be redeemed. He is not allowed to sell her to a foreign people because he has treated her unfairly. If he has her marry his son, then he is to treat her like a daughter. If he marries another wife, he's not to reduce her food, clothing, or marital rights. If he fails to provide her with these three things, she is to be given her freedom without having to pay anything. Whoever attacks a person and causes his death must be put to death. If it was not premeditated, but an act of God, then I will designate for you a place to which he can flee. But if someone willfully kills another after deliberate planning, you are to take him even from my altar and put him to death. Whoever attacks his father or mother must be put to death. Whoever kidnaps someone must be put to death regardless of whether he has already sold him or the person is found still in his possession. Whoever curses his father or mother must be put to death. If two people fight and one hits the other with a stone or with his fist and the injured party doesn't die but is confined to his bed, then if he recovers enough to be able to walk around outside, even if with a cane, the attacker will be free of liability except to compensate him for his loss of time and take responsibility for his care until his recovery is complete. If a 
person beats his male or female slave with a stick so severely that he dies, he is to be punished. Except that if the slave lives for a day or two, he is not to be punished since the slave is his property. If people are fighting with each other and happen to hurt a pregnant woman so badly that her unborn child dies, then even if no other harm follows, he must be fined. He must pay the amount set by the woman's husband and confirmed by judges. But if any harm follows, then you are to give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound and bruise for bruise. If a person hits his male or female slave's eye and destroys it, he must let him go free with compensation for his eye. If he knocks out his male or female slave's tooth, he must let him go free with co in compensation for his tooth. If an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox is to be stoned and his flesh not eaten, but the owner of the ox will have no further liability. However, if the ox was in the habit of goring in the past, and the owner was warned but did not confine it, so that it ended up killing a man or a woman, then the ox is to be stoned and its owner too is to be put to death. However, a ransom may be imposed on him and the death penalty will be commuted if he pays the amount imposed. If the ox scores a son or daughter, the same rule applies. If the ox scores a male or female slave, its owner must give their master 12 ounces of silver and the ox is to be stoned to death. If someone removes the cover from a cistern or digs one and fails to cover it and an ox or donkey falls in, the owner of the cistern must make good the loss by compensating the animal's owner, but the dead animal will be his. If one person's ox hurts another, so that it dies, they are to sell the live ox and divide the revenue from the sale. And they are also to divide the dead animal. But if it is known that the ox was in the habit of goring in the past and the owner did not confine it, he must pay ox for ox, but the dead animal will be his. If someone steals an ox or a sheep, and slaughters or sells it, he is to pay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief, caught in the act of breaking in, is beaten to death, it is not murder, unless it happens after sunrise, in which case it is murder. A thief must make restitution. So if he has nothing, he himself is to be sold to make good the loss from the theft. If what he stole is found alive in his possession, he is to pay double, no matter whether it's an ox, a donkey, or a sheep. If a person causes a field or vineyard to be grazed over, or lets his animal loose to graze in someone else's field, he is to make restitution for the best produce of his own field from the best produce of his own field and vineyard. If a fire is started and spreads to thorns, 
so the stacked grain, standing grain, or a field is destroyed. The person who lit it must make restitution. If a person entrusts a neighbor with money or goods, and they are stolen from the trustee's house, then if the thief is found, he must pay double. But if the thief is not found, then the trustee must state before God that he did not take the person's goods himself. In every case of dispute over ownership, whether of an ox, a donkey, a sheep, clothing, or any missing property, where one person says, this is mine, both parties are to come before God. And the one whom God condemns must pay the other one double. If a person trusts a neighbor to look after a donkey, ox, sheep, or any animal, and it dies, is injured, or is driven away unseen, then the neighbor's oath before Adonai that he has not taken the goods will settle the matter between them. The owner is to accept it without the neighbor's making restitution. But if it was stolen from the neighbor, he must make restitution to the owner. If it was torn to pieces by an animal, the neighbor must bring it as evidence, and then he doesn't need to make good the loss. If someone borrows something from his neighbor, and it gets injured or dies with the owner not present, he must make restitution. If the owner was present, he need not make good the loss. If the owner hired it out, the loss is covered by the hiring fee. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged to be married and sleeps with her, he must pay the bride price for her to be his wife. But if the father refuses to give her to him, he must pay a sum equivalent to the bride price for virgins. You are not to permit a sorceress to live. Whoever has sexual relations with an animal must be put to death. Anyone who sacrifices to any god other than Adonai alone is to be completely destroyed. You must neither wrong nor oppress a foreigner living among you, for you yourselves are foreigners in the land of Egypt. You are not to abuse any widow or orphan, if you do abuse them in any way, and they cry to me, I will certainly heed their cry. My anger will burn, and I will kill you with the sword. Your own wives will be widows, and your own children fatherless. If you loan money to one of my people who is poor, you are not to deal with him as you would a creditor, and you are not to charge him interest. If you take your neighbor's coat as collateral, you are to restore it to him by sundown, because it is his only garment. He needs it to wrap his body. What else does he have in which to sleep? Moreover, if he cries out to me, I will listen, because I am compassionate. You are not to curse God, and you are not to curse the leader of your people. You are not to delay offering from your harvest of grain, olive oil, or wine, the firstborn of your sons you are to give to me. 
you are to do the same with your oxen and your sheep. It is to stay with its mother seven days, and on the eighth day you are to give it to me. You are not to, you are to be my specially separated people. Therefore, you are not to eat any flesh torn by wild animals in the countryside. Rather, throw it out for the dogs. You are not to repeat false rumors. Do not join hands with the wicked by offering perjured testimony. Do not follow the crowd when it does what is wrong. And don't allow the popular view to sway you into offering testimony for any cause, if the effect will be to pervert justice. On the other hand, don't favor a person's lawsuit simply because he is poor. testimony. Do not follow the crowd when it does what is wrong, and don't allow the popular view to sway you into offering testimony for any cause, if the effect will be to pervert justice. On the other hand, don't favor a person's lawsuit simply because he is poor. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey straying, you must return it to him. If you see the donkey which belongs to someone who hates you, lying down helpless under its load, you are not to pass him by, but to go and help him free it. Do not deny anyone justice in his lawsuit simply because he is poor. Keep away from fraud and do not cause the death of the innocent and righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. You are not to receive a bribe, for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of righteous. You are not to oppress a foreigner, for you know how a foreigner feels, since you are foreigners in the land of Egypt. For six years you are to sow your land with seed and gather in its harvest, but the seventh year you are to let it rest and lie fallow, so that the poor among your people can eat, and what they leave the wild animals in the countryside can eat. Do the same with your vineyard and olive grove. your ox and donkey can rest and your slave girl's son and the foreigner be renewed pay attention to everything i have said to you do not invoke the names of other gods or even let them be heard crossing your lips three times a year you are to observe a festival for me Keep the festival of matzah for seven days as I ordered you. 
you are to eat matzah at the time determined in the month of Aviv. For it was in that month that you left Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Next, the festival of harvest. The first fruits of your efforts sowing in the field. And last, the festival of ingathering. At the end of the year, when you gather in from the fields the results of your efforts, three times a year, all your men are to appear before the Lord Adonai. You are not to offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, nor is the fat of my festival to remain all night until morning. You are to bring the best first fruits of your land into the house of Adonai, your God. You are not to boil a young animal in its mother's milk. I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you on the way and bring you to the place I have prepared. Pay attention to him, listen to what he says, and do not rebel against him, because he will not forgive any wrongdoings of yours, since my name resides in him. But if you listen to what he says, and do everything I tell you, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and a foe to your foes. When my angel goes ahead of you and brings you to the Amorai, the Hittite, the Pitsai, the Canaanite, the Hevi, and the Yusufi, I will make an end of them. You are not to worship their gods, serve them, or follow their practices. Rather, you are to demolish them completely and smash their standing stones to pieces. You are to serve Adonai, your God, and he will bless your food and water. I will take sickness away from among you. In your land, your woman will not miscarry or be barren, and you will live out the full span of your lives. I will send terror of me ahead of you, throwing into confusion all the people to whom you come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs on you. I will send hornets ahead of you to drive out the Hebi, Canaanites, then the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, which would cause the land to become desolate and the wild animals too many for you. I will drive them out from before you gradually, until you have grown in number and can take possession of the land. I will set your boundaries from the Sea of Suf to the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert to the Euphrates River. For I will hand the inhabitants of the land over to you, and you will drive them out from before you. You are not to make a covenant with them or with their gods. They are not to live in your land. Otherwise, they will make you sin against me by ensnaring you to serve their gods. To Moses, Adonai said, Come up to Adonai, you, Aaron, Nade, Abihu, and seventy of the leaders of Israel. Prostrate yourselves at a distance, while Moses alone approaches Adonai. The others are not to approach, and the people are not to go up with him. Moses came and told the people everything Adonai had said 
including all the wounds. The people answered with one voice, We will obey every word Adonai has spoken. Moses wrote down all the words of Adonai. He rose early in the morning, built an altar at the base of the mountain, and set upright twelve large stones to represent the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent the young men of the people of Israel to offer burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings of oxen to Adonai. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins. The other half of the blood he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud so the people could hear, and they responded. Everything that Adonai has spoken, we will do and obey. Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which Adonai has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seven of the leaders went up, and they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a sapphire stone pavement, as clear as the sky itself. He did not reach out his hand against these notables of Israel. On the contrary, he th they saw God as they were eating and drinking. Adonai said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay there. I will give you the stone tablets with the Torah and the mitzvah I have written on them, so that you can teach them. Moses got up, also Joshua his assistant, and Moses went up in, onto the mountain of God. To the leaders he said, Stay here for us until we come back to you. See, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a problem should turn to them. Moses went up onto the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of Adonai stayed on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called Moses out of the cloud. To the people of Israel, the glory of Adonai looked like a raging fire on the top of the mountain. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. He was on the mountain 40 days and nights. Yoash was seven years old when he began his reign. It was in the seventh year of Yeho, and Yoash began to rule, and he ruled forty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Ziba from Beersheba. Yoash did what was right from Adonai's perspective throughout the lifetime of Yehoda, the Kohen, who instructed him. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and presented offerings on the high places. Joash said to the Kohen, All the funds for sacred purposes which are brought to the house of Adonai, the half-shekel tax, the taxes on a person in a man's household, and all the offerings anyone voluntarily brings to the house of Adonai, 
The Cohen are to receive from whoever personally makes contributions to them, and they are to use these funds to repair the damaged parts of the house, wherever damage is found. But 23 years into the reign of King Joash, the Cohen had still not repaired the damaged places of the house. So King Joash summoned Jehoiah, the Cohen, and other Cohens, and said to them, Why aren't you repairing the damaged places in the house? Therefore you are no longer to take money from those to con- who contribute it personally to you. You must hand it over to be used for repairing the damage in the house. The Cohen agreed not to receive money from the people, and they would no longer be responsible for repairing the damage to the house. Then Yehoda the Kohen took a chest, drilled a hole in its lid, and set it by the altar on the right. As one enters the house of Adonai and the Kohen in charge of the entry, put in, in it all the money brought into the house of Adonai. When they saw that there was a large amount of money in the chest, the king's secretary and the Kohen Haggadah would come up, count the money found in the house of Adonai, and put it in bags. Then they would give the weighed out money to those supervising the work in the house of Adonai, who would use it to pay the carpenters, the construction workers, doing the work in the house of Adonai. On masons, stone workers, timber, worked stone, and everything else needed for repairing the damaged places in the house of Adonai. But none of the money brought into the house of Adonai was used to make silver cups, snuffers, bowls, trumpets, or other articles of gold or silver for the house of Adonai, because they gave the money to those doing the work thus restricting its use to preparing the damage in the house of Adonai. Moreover, they did not require an accounting from the supervisors given the money to pay the workers because they dealt honestly. Money from guilt offerings and sin offerings, however, was not brought into the house of Adonai. It went to the cold. And we have Matthew 12. <clears throat> One Shabbat during that time, Yeshua was walking through some wheat fields. His disciples were hungry, so they began picking heads of grain and eating them. On seeing this, the Pharisees said to him, Look, your disciples are violating Shabbat. But he said to them, Haven't you ever read what David did when he and those with him were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence which was prohibited, both to him and to his companions. It is permitted only to the Kohen. Or haven't you read in the Torah that on Shabbat 
the Cohen profane Shabbat and yet aren't blameless? I tell you, there is in this place something greater than the temple. If you knew what I want, compassion rather than animal sacrifice meant, you would not condemn the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of Shabbat. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. A man there had a shriveled hand. Looking for a reason to accuse him of something, they asked him, Is healing permitted on Shabbat? But he answered, If you have a sheep that falls into a pit on Shabbat, which of you won't take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, what is permitted on Shabbat is to do good. Then to a man he said, Hold out your hand. And as he held it out, it became restored, as sound as the other one. But the Pharisees went out and began plotting how they might do away with Yeshua. Aware of this, he left the area. Many people followed him, and he healed them all, but warned them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom I am well pleased. I will put my spirit on him, and he will announce justice to the Gentiles. He will not fight or shout. No one will hear his voice in the streets. He will not snap off a broken reed or snuff out a smoldering wick until he has brought justice true to victory. In him, the Gentiles will put their hope. in doing good, he will pay back eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking, who disobey the truth and obey evil, he will pay back wrath and anger. Yes, he will pay back misery and anguish to every human being who does evil. To the Jew first, then to the Gentile. But glory and honor and shalom to everyone who keeps doing what is good to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. All who have sinned outside the framework of Torah will die outside the framework of Torah. And all who have sinned within the framework of Torah will be judged by Torah. For it is not merely the hearers of Torah whom God considers righteous. Rather, it is the doers of what Torah says who will be made righteous in God's sight. For whenever Gentiles, who have no Torah, do naturally what the Torah requires, then these, even though they don't have Torah for themselves, are Torah. For their lives show that the conduct of the Torah dictates is written in their hearts, 
their consciences also bear witness to this, for their conflicting thoughts sometimes accuse them and sometimes defend them. On a day when God passes judgment on people's inmost secrets, according to the good news as I proclaim it, he does this through the Messiah Yeshua. But if you call yourself a Jew and rest on Torah and boast about God and know his will and give your approval to what is right because you have been instructed from the Torah and if you have persuaded yourself that you are a guide to the blind a light in the darkness, an instructor for the spiritually unaware, and a teacher of children, since in the Torah you have the embodiment of knowledge and truth, then you who teach others, don't teach yourself. Preaching, thou shall not steal, do you steal? Saying, thou shall not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Detesting idols, do you commit idolatrous acts? You who take such pride in Torah, do you, by disobeying the Torah, dishonor God? As it says in the Tanakh, for it is because of you that God's name is blasphemed by the Goyim. For circumcision is indeed of value if you do what Torah says. But if you are a transgressor of the Torah, your circumcision has become an uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the Torah, won't his circumcision be counted as circumcision? Indeed, the man who is physically uncircumcised but obeys the Torah will stand as a judgment on you who have had the Brit Malah and have Torah written out but violate it. For the real Jew is not merely Jewish outwardly. True circumcision is not only external and physical, on the contrary, the real Jew is one inwardly, and true circumcision is of the heart, spiritually, not literal, so that this praise comes not from other people, but from God. final Shabbat prayer. Oh, Father God, we come before you this morning. We want to lay out our concerns to you, but we don't know where to start. We are totally frustrated with the world's ways, and this is nothing new under the sun for you, Lord. Your people have always come to you with these same problems. We have issues today where one side is screaming liar, 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 and here we are saying, no, no, you're the liar. And there's no one to make a judgment for us except for you, Lord. That's why we bring it up to you. We have two sides of the case. 
one side says we are evil and we're over here saying no it's you that's evil so it's the same kind of situation that you've encountered over and over with the human race with humankind father god we bring these concerns before you and we ask that you would vindicate and judge that you would bring resolution to these issues father god we have so much against us the the mainstream media is against us social media is against us so many things are against us making us almost helpless and giving us taking away our ability to speak father god you are our vindicator and we ask that you would help us to speak that you would that you would step in and intervene and make the judgment that is so needed for your people lord we come before you and bring this to you lord in the name of yeshua your son and our messiah we pray amen amen our time's already up my and i haven't even covered all of the why questions we have so many different why questions that you all are asking why do i want to do this well i think i have a lot to offer i think that uh, i can remind you about stuff that you might forget and you're helping me at the same time by spending some time with me we're helping each other what a great time that is it's always so nice to have a friend that sees the same way you do be glad that you have friends everybody should have some friends thank you for listening grandma b checking out i will check in with you soon i will be here again real soon i'm beginning to like it so much you may see me in a few days